First John, we've been in this for a few weeks, reminded us again that we are to purify ourselves, looking forward to that day. See him as he is. And everyone who does uh, has to have a new body. We have to have a new heavenly body to see him as we shall be like him, it says. We're not going to be God. We're going to be like him and we're going to live for all eternity. So it don't matter how old you are here on this earth. Right now, you're going to live forever and ever and ever with Jesus. However old you are, that's just a starting place. Scratching the surface. Amen? God is on the throne today. He's for you. He knows all about your situation. He knows all about your cares, your pains, your sometimes your feelings that no one really understands. He understands. He is the God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God of the beginning. He's the God of the end. And we're going to see in the fifth chapter that he came and, came and as representing the baptism, and he, and, he, and he left on his way out with the blood, the cross. And so if you have a Bible, you have your cell phone, you use it, whatever, scroll in, or we'll have it help us on the board, on the wall here. And uh, Vernon, thank you for helping out today in uh, Austin's place, and uh, I'll send a bit of trouble getting out of the parking lot today. So, This is written, 1 John, remember the first chapter, it says if you, he starts out, if you have fellowship with one another, you walk with God, you have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. This message is for the believers, okay? You're already in the faith. But we're all, all on a process of growing more and more like he, what, what he wants us to become, maturing, growing up in the things of God. We are to be making progress. We are getting more ready for heaven. And we're never going to stop learning. So whoever believes, first one, fifth chapter, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So he just, he just went through this determining or defining what it is, what it means to love God. What it, what's that look like? To love God is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love God is, backing up to verse 20 in the fourth chapter, if you say, I love God, but you hate your brother, you're, 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 really, you're really not, you're, you're, it says, he is a liar. Wow, that's, that's, don't want to be a liar. Not good. But the point is this. God helps us love people. That's the point. I don't have the capacity to love people as I ought to love people. I don't have the compassion that I ought to have except by God's compassion. I don't have the mercy. I would be, just get him out of here. You know, nuke him. That's not good. But the Spirit of God brings compassion and puts yourself into their shoes. So we've been dealing with a couple of friends. One's in jail, one's in King Challenge. It's going great, except for the one in jail right now. Needs your prayers. Katie needs your prayers. But she's wanting to get out so she can go in the Teen Challenge as well. 
So we have two couple, we have a couple that are connected to this church body that are going to be restored. They're on the path of res restoration. Isn't that what God called us to do? Go and make disciples. Paul described it as the ministry of reconciliation. What is your goal in life? What should be our goal in life? Well, I'm saved. My family, as far as I know, hopefully are serving the Lord. What do you do after that? You have your neighbors. You have your coworkers. You have the people that you're bumping into in the marketplaces. You're getting to know. You have friends. All of a sudden, God dumps somebody in your lap or dumps someone in your path. What are you going to do about it? It's, it's a choice. And here's the deal. Who's, and if I could say one thing to define legalism, I don't. Uh, I tried to write it down and see if I can find it. Definition of legalism. Keeping his commands because I have to. Not because I want to. The difference? The problem with legalists is they start feeling good and good about themselves if they don't do this and they don't do this and they don't do that. And they start to condemn other people that do that. Yet they don't have a walk with God. Is that okay? Does that make sense? We are not about trying to get brownie points. We are all sinners. Not to say that we should, shouldn't brush off sin. That's not the case at all. Sin should bother us. Because the Holy Spirit is bothered by sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Self-centeredness, self-seeking, self, all points to self, self, self. And God comes to set us free from ourself. And give us a heart for people that are struggling. And we put ourselves in our shoes and see, there goes I, but by the grace of God. Where could I be? Where would I be without Jesus? It's not to say that I never struggle. I struggle too. I struggle in the flesh. I struggle. Always, what do you struggle with? Well, sometimes you don't feel like we're saved. Now I fear. I, I don't have a, I have an assurance of my salvation. But I've had this growing up thing, growing up in the church where you, I don't you know, especially in the youth, young age, every time the altar call was given, I, I, I'd go for it. You know, I sinned during the week. I felt unsaved. You know, I'd run to the altar and get saved again. But it took me a while to figure out, you know what? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. We will sin. Thank God when we feel bad about it. We make, make it right with God. And it's simple. And sometimes our sins get us into trouble. More sins, some than other. And some will say, well, one sin is, Romans says you're sinning, one sin you're sinning, all sin. Is that, that's a big question. Does God list sins? Does he categorize? And well, Sin is sin. But if you throw in the reaping and sowing principle, Galatians, 
He described if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. So I've had this feeling, I have this feeling that there are certain sins that produce more harm, that create more devastation and destruction than other sins. And not to say that any little sin is okay. See, we lump it all together. But we're living in a fallen world. We're living in a, in a, in a world that, that needs Jesus. Hi, Anna, you're waving at me. Got to love teenagers. We love them. So, number one, can you know you are saved? I think you'd say, yeah. What does the Bible say? We're going to get there. And all through this growing up teenage year thing, I had wrestled with it from time to time until I got into my 20s. And I received what is known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it talked about that in Acts. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Here's this little shy boy, shy boy, Gary. The youth group at that evening service at Aiken, Assembly God Church, had the service. And that evening, God came down at the altar call. And young people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had never got baptized yet. I was kind of shy about that. I didn't want to make a scene. I don't want to get loud. And my dad would get loud. That kind of held back. My dad, would he was a quiet man, but he'd get loud when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when he would speak in other tongues. and get, He'd say, when he got blessed, you could see it coming on him. He started to get excited. Something was churning inside. There's a difference. The difference is what helped me then was it made, made things come to life. I knew that I knew that I knew. There was no question. There was no doubt. But what if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Can you still be saved? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. The baptism is to help you go out and win, make disciples, empower you to do the work of the ministry. Makes you alive, makes you a firebrand, makes you a bright light. So the verses that we read, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the, ch- the child born of him. By this, we know that we, are, we are, that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that... We keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Underline that in your heart. This is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not, what do you mean? They're not burdensome. They're not to be a burden to you. They're to be a blessing to you. God never meant for you to walk around, oh, I have to do the church. Oh, I have to give my tithe. Oh, my goodness, I have to love my neighbor as myself. Oh, I have to forgive. No, 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 no. You get to. You want to. You will be blessed. The difference. God in you. Making you come alive. As Paul described in Ephesians, you were dead in your sins. Trust me. You didn't, you didn't care. You know, what are the things I have to say? People that are not saved yet, they really don't try to hide anything. In a way, it's refreshing. 
They're just themselves. They just blankety blank blank, and that's the way they are, and that's what they do, and they just I'm not saved yet. Yet, yet, God's working on them. And he may use you. And he wants to use you to help them. It's not our responsibility to save people. God, the Holy Spirit is the saver. We plant the seed. We water. We encourage. We make disciples. God is at work in the hearts of people and neighbors scattered around this community. God, the Holy Spirit is moving already across this community. He's in your apartments. He's in your communities, neighbors. He's speaking to people. He's whispering to them. Some of them are not hearing yet. But there's questions. Some people are starting to feel that something. I had a person say to me, there was a construction man. I just feel like several years, I just feel like something big is going to happen. He's not, he's not to me, I, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't know if he's saved or not. I just, I just feel like something big is going to happen. People that are not saved are sensing something, something's mounting up. Let's be the church. We start with love. Can I love people? Do I love people? Yes, I should love people. I do love people. I should look at them as a potential. See them as a potential. Everyone is a potential. To come into a relationship. But what, do you, what about you and I? Are we good with God? Have we settled the question? Am I saved or am I not saved? How can I know? It's hard for me to hold back, and, and we're going to get to it. It's coming in the passage. Well, whoever, verse 4, is born of God overcomes the world. What do you mean born of God? Whoever accepts Christ, the Bible says, is we are born again. Nicodemus came in at night because he was a teacher. He was, man... If they found out that I was talking to Jesus, they would look at me and they would just hard telling what they do. Nicodemus came at night, but he was inquisitive. It was something more. There was something about Jesus. It was the way he talked. It was the way he looked at me. It was the way he handled himself. It was just something like an anointing that I felt I wanted more of what he has. See, there's there's the light. That your light so shines. So Nicodemus understood when Jesus talked about being born again. Nicodemus already kicks into his natural mind, thinking, how can I go back into my mother's womb? That Jesus was talking about the spiritual rebirth coming to become a new creation. And so back to the want to, the have to thing. Second Corinthians 5.17, you know it by heart. I know you do. Therefore, finish it, if any man be in Christ, he's what? New creation. He is that new creation. Wow. Old things pass away. New things come. 
What are the old things? The old man in us, the old nature. The part of us that doesn't want to serve God. Sometimes those things takes a while. You can be saved in a moment if you're sincere. And God knows your heart. But it's the rest of your life. You're in the training. You're in marching. You're putting on the armor. You're learning how to fight the good fight. You're learning how to resist the devil. You're learning how to draw an eye to God. You're learning how to let go when you need to let go and let God. You learn how to forgive and forget. You learn the love that covers a multitude of sins. I can't, for, I can't take your sin away. Only God can. But oh, that we might be encouragers to step in the right direction. We're in it together. How can we overcome the world? Verse 4. This is a victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Look at that. Our faith. Your greatest part of you. Your most valuable treasure. Faith in Jesus. No one can take him away from you. When you've sincerely believed, accepted Christ, acknowledged your sin, we're going to get to it. It'll make your life come alive. When did you start to really live? Hopefully it was, you can, some of us, we don't remember when we accepted Christ. For some of us, it's, yeah, you remember, I remember down at, on an altar at Aiken. I remember praying. But for some of us, we grew up, don't know when we accepted, maybe we remember, maybe we don't. The fact is, somewhere along the way, you've, you begin to believe. And you knew you needed him. And you knew you were lost without him. And so you called out his name and began to process. And so this was a new beginning. This was a new thing. And Romans 8 describes how we cannot, through the law, we cannot live good enough to be saved. We really can't. In ourselves. So there's no more condemnation because Jesus comes to take the sin on himself. And describes in verse 6, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and with the blood. It was not that Jesus just came on the earth, but he came to give his life a sacrifice. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. We have the victory because he forgives it. It's erased. It's no longer there. Hallelujah. You are set free. He of the Son sets free is free indeed. How can we know that? That question comes back. When we start to think in our own self, when we start to think, well, I've got to do this. If I don't do that, then I'm not. Wait a minute. What does the word of God say? 
He who believes, verse 10, and the Son of God has the witness in himself. I want us to talk about, he has this witness in himself. He who believes in the Son of God has this witness. What is the witness? This one who, who does not believe, the one who does not believe has made him a liar because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his Son. Now he answers, Verse 11, and the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Verse 12, he who has, set, he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. So the question was, is we ask ourselves, do I have the Son? Do I have Jesus? Then we go to the Bible and it says, whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And if you still have questions, and if you still have doubt, go to the next verse. These things, verse 13, I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that, in order that you may know that you have eternal life. There is the answer. These things I've written to you who believe. He's writing to the believers, assuring them it's not going to be based upon your your, your works, it's not going to be based upon how good you feel about yourself. It's based upon God's word, what he's done for you on the cross. It is like he's holding a gift to you. Will you take it or will you reject it? He's saying, I paid your debt. All you got to do is believe and follow me. And there's another thing here. Back to verse 10. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. The witness. God says in his words, words in the book of Romans, he says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his. In other words, God is talking to you. Amen. God visits with you. God listens to you. My problem, it becomes a problem. Here's, you know, when we get to the next point, which is confidence in prayer. If I know that I know that I'm saved, now I ought to be able to go to God my father my creator not being afraid of being rejected unfortunately in our world that we live in we have a, such a mess in families it's messed with our theology it's messed with our roles if God isn't in the family and children grow up confused what really is faith all about? Here's where the church comes in. The church needs to be oftentimes an encouragement to the family units that are struggling. And we have extensions of ministries. We have Steve and has a counseling ministry. He's at contributes to the kingdom of God. He helps shore up, helps salvage, reform, uh, reconcile 
Sometimes there's a need for intervention. We have Teen Challenge. They are extensions of the body of Christ. So we are not geared up, especially uh, Teen Challenge, but there are other ministries. God is putting this all together. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to be left behind. And see, we, we, we've, we've changed a bit in our thinking. At least I think I have. I used to think, well, now there are places where we need to use common sense. Well, you have to be a certain level of maturity before you can be involved in the church. Well, there's to a degree wisdom in that. Why don't we help them as they are coming along? Why don't we be gracious? Why don't we, why don't we overlook and help them come along? Be a part of the church now. They can be a part of the church now growing up in the things of God. There's a, there used to be so much legalism thinking, oh, did you see what they were wearing? Oh, did, you know, we, they do that still. You know, we have to be careful. Where is the heart of God? Can we love people because they're people? They're God's. broken people unless I humble myself as a child unless I try to become pharisaical which is sickening sickening to God when the Pharisees come to a place where they held people at arm's length yet they were hypocrites That'll, that'll burn God's heart. That'll burn. Jesus spoke to him harshly. The church was never meant to become Pharisees. You were never meant to become hardened, uncaring. Well, I'm saved. My family's saved. We're good. That's not, that's becoming comfortable. I'm speaking to myself. Oh, God, help me to get out of my comfort zone. And see with the eyes of the Lord. You can have the confidence. You see, this is how you can pray in God's will. I'll tell you exactly what the Bible says. Pray in God's will. What God's will is that all should be saved. When you start praying for souls, you're praying according to God's will. And you know what it says? If you pray in God's will, in verse 14, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if we ask in his will, he hears us. And then we know that he, if he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request. Now, there's a lot of stuff we can pray for. And that's go. That's good. We, we can pray, pray God for anything. We need something fixed in our car. We need something done, uh, uh, something protected. Oh, on and on and on. But what is the real, what is the most important thing to God?
This is what blows me away. Yes. And so many perishing, yet he takes time for what I'm concerned about. And when you pray for your, your enemies, and pray for those who are hard to love, oh, Lord, break me again. Make me what I ought to be. We'll sing a song here. It's a talks. It's, it's called Build My Life. And really, our life is really built upon the foundation of God's words, the bedrock of Jesus Christ. But here's, here's what I, I would encourage you. If you're still struggling with, am I, I'm not sure if I'm safe. I prayed the prayer, but I'm, I'm still not sure. You know, it's okay. Do it again. Pray it again. Just be sincere before God. Simple prayer. Lord, I need you. I can't save myself. Pray that again. And sometimes we feel unworthy. This whole thing about feeling not good enough. And that, that can, we can get caught up in not feeling good enough. You know what? We're never going to be good enough. If God says you're, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. I died for you. You're good. I came for you. I'm coming back for you. Look up. Jesus is for you. He cares about what you care about.